Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's up, fellas? Welcome back to Commas Over Cold Brew with me, your host, Emma Abrahamson. Today, we have another episode with one of my favorite people ever, Lydia Keating. If you guys have listened to the podcast for a while, you may or may not have already listened to episodes with Lydia in the past, but I just had to catch up with her. It had been way too long, and she had a crazy last year of her life. She ended up going to culinary school. She moved to New York. She traveled a lot this summer. This episode went in like 40 different tangents, so it's quite interesting. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. Also, my boyfriend was in... I don't even know what this is. Ian's just harassing me because he is in my apartment while I'm editing this and keeps mimicking me for having to redo my intro a thousand times, so thank you. What's up, Bella? Hope you guys enjoy this amazing conversations where we just jump around from conversation and topic to topic and there's no real story but a bunch of really good ones well you'll like it even though you probably don't listen to my podcast again but you were mentioned many times so no maybe i'll have to listen All right, uh, Lydia and I have been talking for 45 minutes, and we just now decided to start the podcast, so Lydia, mm-hmm. I don't know, if this might be your fourth time coming on, I don't even know, but people, oh, interesting, people really want to hear um, more from you, more for, from our conversations that go in every direction, so thanks for coming yeah. back. Oh, it's good to be back, good to, good to just let it rip with you, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> see where it takes us, um, if people yeah. have not listened to any of our episodes before or don't know who you are, do you want to just give a little rundown of who you are, what you're about? Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, this is, by the way, an issue I have that I don't, I need to really work on my spiel and my shtick <laughs> because when I was in Budapest, um, I had to do like a fireside chat and I was asked to introduce myself and I literally was like, uh I'm like I am a content creator and a recreational runner but really and I like it's such a a fine line of I don't know like 
being, first of all, being honest about who you are, being humble, but also like selling yourself and let, especially if, at the beginning of a, say a podcast, like we're about to do, if no one knows who I am, like you want to be like, oh, I'm, I have, I have something that will maybe pique your interest. I'll be an interesting person. Yeah. Especially for like an hour. It's like, what are you, yeah. what are you selling for the next yeah, hour? Yeah, yeah. Like, why so do people want to listen you. to you? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you what I'm selling here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, on your podcast. I'm selling humor. There we I'm go. Selling, <laughs> I'm selling vibes. I'm selling um, occasional insights about running, but casual running. I'm not going to tell you anything. If you're looking for professional advice, you're not going to get it here. You know, switch the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> um, and and I'm selling. I I'm selling something that we can all giggle to. I love that. Uh, <laughs> I am in such a weird mood. I like how you I like how you put your you like hold your mic too. She's wearing <laughs> Apple headphones with the mic and she's like holding it like she's actually in front of a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Well I just went into um performer mode. Yeah, exactly. And well, there's thousands of people listening to this, but it's just funny because you went into performer mode for one person across the country on Zoom. So um, um we really need to be in the same state soon. I know. And especially, I feel like we would do a great job at a fireside chat. Like you would be. Oh, 100%. Like, but would the audience be engaged with our conversation? I think they would, depending on what we're talking about. But we can ramble for a while about who knows mm-hmm. what. So. I think it takes a certain type of girly to be interested in what we have to say. But I think they're out there. And I think they are your fan base or your yeah. or your listenership, rather. Yeah. Um, I I have there's been like a couple of times when I have almost called or texted you being like girl let's start a podcast together because we just always have so much fun when we're just chatting but then I'm like oh I don't know if I have what it takes to like regularly record a podcast or like the time or it will be like but it, like I almost asked you right before I went to South Africa but then I'm like why would I'm about to go to South Africa so that's not going to work but I am starting a podcast I know I did see something like that on your social media. When is that coming out? Well, I I probably we're not going to start work recording until 2024. Okay. But I'm doing it with my friend who I used to open mic stand up with in LA, Isa Medina, and she's the co-host of Sounds Like a Cult, which is like a wildly successful podcast. And our she she kind of kind of pitched me on the idea and asked me if I wanted to be involved, but the concept of our podcast is it's called well, I don't know how much I can say. <laughs> actually okay, we're just gonna end it there yeah you're starting a podcast starting, starting, starting a podcast it's gonna be fun it's gonna be flirty but i'll maybe offer some like genuine um thought-provoking compelling insight okay love that you're gonna do great on a podcast um, i hope i'm sure i'm sure you will you'll do you do great like that's what your content is it's like short form podcasting on tiktok when I, I have you see I especially now that I like only post on my burner yeah I know that's why I see I see there's a new post on your burner every 10 minutes and I'm actively watching <laughs> I've like dropped the ball so much on my main it's okay we were talking about before this like it all goes through waves you know you'll and be back on there yeah and it's just like where I feel inspired to post it's also bizarre wait do you have a burner no my okay. my normal account is my burner because I don't really use TikTok that often. So yeah, yeah, it's and I I I just think like my main 
there will always be negative Nancy's in the comments saying something mean in my burner. Like, it's like, it just feels like an actual community. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens when you get bigger. It's like, you're always going to have the negative comments, especially when things are going viral, which I feel like is more likely to happen when you have a bigger account. Yeah. Um, yeah. You're more likely to have those mean comments. So that is like one of the benefits of having smaller following because you don't have as many people hating on you for just being (laughs) yeah yeah and it's just like people who get you and then there's been a couple of situations in new york where people have been like oh my god i follow you on tiktok i follow your burner and it will be like the coolest looking girl who i'm like oh i know we would be friends versus i'm not i'm pretty sure that the people some of the people who follow my main just because i've done so many different things on that account like it wouldn't all be a, a person that I could see myself being homies with. Yeah, that makes sense. Makes yeah. sense. Your burner's like your diary, you know. You're you're sharing a lot. It's, it is. It is. Yeah. I like the post of the the weepy day post that you oh, made the other day. I had the same. I was having a weepy day. Like just and I saw you. Yeah, I saw you comment, and I was like, that actually does make me feel better. And I I'm kind of having another weepy day today. Yeah, and it's just. It, it it just happens. And, and I kind of, obviously a weepy day is just coded language for um, a depressive episode, but I'm trying, you know, you're trying to bring some fun, some light into it by being, no, it's a weepy day, but it's no, 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 you're, you're, you're really, really in a dark place. And I, I, I just have had a couple of them in a row recently And I kind of, but I kind of had like a revolutionary moment last week where I could feel my, it was the day after the the original weepy day. So I could feel myself the subsequent day. I was like, oh, I'm about to have another weepy day and I can feel it. It's coming on. It's like this like rush within that. Like, it's like, I know I'm just going to be depressed all day. And then I was like, no, I refuse to have a weepy day. I refuse and it it kind of like sometimes I don't know, like again, this is me just speaking from personal experience. Everyone has a different way of handling their mental health. But like a, a lot of advice you see out there is like be kind, be gentle, be generous with yourself. And my version of being kind, gentle, and generous is like crawling into bed and like watching television and like and that doesn't make me feel better. Yeah. That's why, like, I feel like my whole thing online is, like, if you're feeling shitty, go for a run, which is literally the last thing you want to do. It literally is. Like, you, you, all you, well, at least for me, it's, like, when I'm really going through it, I feel, like, unsafe in my own body. And, like, I just want to go and feel, like, the safest place I can feel. Dude, I'm literally going to work myself up right now. Do you know that I cry so easily? I'm going to cry. Hold on. It's okay. It's okay. We're talking about being weepy and we can weep. Okay. The the weep is coming. And you know what? If people see me cry all the time online, so I I do I have no shame, but I I am just such a crier. It's kind of wild, honestly. It's, it's insane. Um release. It is, but it's just like constant and then like also if you start crying in front of a you're not you, but like there have been moments where I can feel myself working myself up in front of a stranger. And I'm like, they're not going to get it. So you better <laughs> dial it the fuck in and stop crying. <laughs> but then that like makes um, you even more overwhelmed when you like feel that frog in your throat and you're like, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. And it's like, then you panic. 
have you ever just like walked away from a conversation no do you have to do that sometimes I have I it's happened once before where I'm like I literally just swiveled on my heels and walked away because I was like I know if I open my mouth right now and try and say one other thing even a sound it's gonna be like <laughs> well, that's, that's what happens when I start crying like I literally turn it like I'm not like a pretty crier it's like a it's a sob you know yeah. it's a sob and I cannot yeah. talk like I think I feel like I just go mute more than anything else like I just want to stop talking because once I do talk it's gonna be ugly like yeah, it's not gonna are, be that's the thing like people are like no no, no let it out let it out like, <laughs> I can tell you you don't want me to let it out because it's gonna be bad for you it's certainly going to be bad for me. And you're going to just have to sit through it because you told me to let it out. <laughs> I like, okay, I was, I've had, I was talking about a similar thing with my friend because what we were talking about like most embarrassing moments ever, which I'm, I am curious to hear yours because I think what people say is their most embarrassing moment is very telling because sometimes people tell you their most embarrassing moment. It's like, wait, that's not embarrassing at all. Oh, but my most embarrassing story ever was um because I've been weepy my whole life and I got it in my head that I really wanted to do this was my sophomore year of college I wanted to be on the spoken word poetry team and you know I wanted to be up there and I wanted to be speaking and rhythm and 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 I wanted people snapping at me and that's what I wanted and so I had to audition and there were like multi it was like a multi-stage audition um so the first stage of the audition was you come in and you just like perform like a poem in front of existing members of the poetry team so I literally wrote this poem about my mother and I maybe got through four words and I started sobbing like like um violent violent tears no words like you said like similarly like just like mute but shake and actually maybe not full mute because I think there was probably moaning <laughs> and, and like yeah not cute and I think they were um they were really confused and they didn't know what to make of it and you know it's, it was hilarious because like I feel like spoken word people are so much like yes emotions like feel like lean into vulnerability feel deeply and it's like well I did that I did that to the extreme and I think they were like whoa okay. they were <laughs> like, taken back like, yeah they were taken back they were stunned <laughs> um and I still think about that because like I did not make it on the team and <laughs> um and I like would occasionally see these individuals on campus like for the remainder of my college career which was two years and they yeah they were just it was always tough seeing them and I like would look at the ground and 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 that that's one of those memories that does like I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night but it crosses my mind just as I'm falling asleep and I might have to take another melatonin afterwards (laughs) how many people was it it was like seven. Oh yeah it's a there's something about like being on stage or just being in front of a group of people and having something like that happen. I would do the same. Like I would just think about that on occasion and just. <laughs> oh, it's just terrible. It it was just so bad. And it's like, 
I wish it was adults judging. I wish it wasn't like my peers. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. I feel like and, it would be, it's worse that it's your peers. Cause yeah. I feel like adults have seen maybe a little bit more, you know, like yeah, they, they, they get it. They, they get, get it. that life is fucking hard. Yeah. But your peers are like, what, <laughs> why? <you're wrong."> yeah. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure at one point in the middle, one of them like scurried up and like grabbed a tissue and like gave it to me. No. <laughs> and then they were like, you don't have to finish. And I was like, I will. Did you actually finish? I, I did. Yeah, I did. I did. I'm pretty sure I did. I know I at least attempted, I te- attempted again. And I think it was tough. Oh my. It's like, it was truly so humiliating. <laughs> and then, and then I want to like give you snaps, but I can't even snap my fingers, but I- Honestly, snaps for you for finishing that. That's good. It's great. I don't yeah, think I could yeah. do it. Well, yeah, I barely could. Yeah. Um, yeah stuff. Do you want to hear my most embarrassing moment? I don't. It's not yes. like it's, it's not public humiliation, but internally, like I've just never been so like just embarrassed in my whole life. Um. So mm-hmm. it was actually this whole weekend. It was 2019. This past. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> this past weekend. weekend. No no no. There was. It was 2019 USA Track Nationals, and I was there because my friend Nikki Hiltz was, oh, I was, like, man. doing a, a YouTube video series with them, so mm-hmm. I got, like, flown out there to, like, go do a whole thing mm-hmm. on them racing, but, um, yeah, so we were waiting for, like, Nikki had just qualified to Worlds, and we were waiting outside the, like, drug testing area or something, mm-hmm. and... This girl who had raced, like, she definitely had raced. She had competed in something, not a mm-hmm. distance event, because she was, like, super tall and, like, like almost looked like a field event person, like a high jump, maybe, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but she had, like, a full-on, like, a Nike kit, and she, like, came up to me, and she's she was also beautiful. And she was like, hey, like, I like I know this is probably really weird, but, like, I, I watch your YouTube channel. Like, I'm a big fan. I've been watching for a while. Uh, mm. Or whatever, and I was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so nice. Like, did you compete today? She's like, yeah. And I was like, oh, what event did you run? She's like, oh, the four hundred hurdles. And I was like, oh, cool. Um, how'd you do? She's like, oh, good. I like made it to the final. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Um, like, do you have, do you think you have a chance of making it to Worlds? And she's like, yeah, I think so. I think I have a shot or whatever. I was like, okay, awesome. Like, good luck or whatever. And then, <laughs> literally, I forgot actually how I found out. But I I walked away, or no, she walked away, and uh, Nikki's girlfriend at the time came up to me and was like, "Do you know who that was?" And maybe Nikki was there too. But they're like, "Do you know who that was?" And I was like, "No." And just, they're like, "That was Dalila Muhammad. She is the 2016 Olympic gold medalist in 400 hurdles." And I, it was just so, I was like so embarrassed. Oh, like, no. I just acted like I had no idea who this person yeah. was. And I had heard this person's name before, but like, especially back then, I did not follow any like other events other than distance running. Yeah. So I, was, I was like mortified that I didn't mm-hmm. know who this person was. And then mm-hmm. it was so funny, literally in the media tent that I was like in the media tent the next day or whatever. She runs the 400 meter, 400 meter hurdle final, wins, qualifies to worlds, and breaks the world record. Shoot. Okay. And I was like, yeah. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like just internally more than anything else, I was just like so embarrassed that I literally did not know who this person was. Also, just Nikki, like to this day will not let me live it down because it was just like the funniest moment ever. How I just how then she went and broke the world record. Like it was just um very funny. And then I literally had to see her in the media tent and be like, Hey. Wait, did you just address it? I yeah, I addressed it, I addressed it yeah. immediately. I was like, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh, I know who you are, blah blah blah. But it was like 
it was really, really embarrassing for me. And I think just because it, it wasn't like public humiliation. It was it was just a, just a feeling of, I don't know. I don't know why that just has really stuck with me forever. And then another time that weekend, like I was sitting with Nikki and their family and Nikki's girlfriend. We were all just like sitting there. Like earlier in the day, I was in the bleachers alone. And this man, like an old, like seems like a parent comes up to me. He's like, Hey, like you're Emma, right? You have the YouTube channel. I'm like, yeah. He's like, oh, I like, I you watch your videos, whatever, blah blah blah. I was like, cool. Mm-hmm. And then hours go by, mm-hmm. and then I'm sitting in the stands with Nikki, their family, Nikki's girlfriend at the time, and the dude comes up and is staring directly at me and mm-hmm. says, "Can I get a picture with you?" And I yeah. so and mm-hmm. I and I stand up and I, <laughs> yeah, sure. And then he he turns <laughs> to me. He's like, "I was talking about Nikki." Oh. And, then, and, then makes, and then makes like a jab at me being like oh you thought I was like wanted to take a picture of you and <laughs> oh my god like Nikki will literally never let me live that moment down like that combined with the same day of the Delilah thing like I just that whole day was just like so humiliating for me because like that's mm. also not something I do like I don't think everyone's out here trying to take a picture with me but he was yeah. still, like, looking at me and yeah. at me earlier where I was like oh my god it was just like the so embarrassing for me but I don't think it's like really that big of a deal with other people, but just being in that moment that day, like I left that meet and I was like, I actually need to just never be in the public ever again. Yeah. No, but it's see you. T- this is like the thing about people's most embarrassing moments. That's like, you tell me that. And it's like, that's so fair. Like you're focused on distance running. You don't know who Delilah is. That's so fine. And you can clear the air and, and maybe it was like kind of cool for her to like not have like she's probably fangirled all the time by people. So maybe it was like a little refreshing. And then that guy just sounds like he was an asshole. He was looking maybe he knew what he was doing. I like I, I don't he, put that I past didn't know what he was in. doing. Like it was kind of funny, I will say, just because like I can take the joke or whatever, but I think also like just Nikki being there, like it was just so funny because Nikki will never let me live it down. But Anyways, yeah, those are, I haven't had like a good embarrassing moment in a while. I think I'm like due for one. I don't yeah, want to like, manifest it for myself, but I do, I think I need to be a little bit humbled in some odd way. Do you feel you need a humbling? Are you feeling super confident these days? No, no, not at all. No, okay. no but like, you know, just in the way of that, I haven't had an embarrassing moment. Like I haven't felt that like uncomfortable, embarrassing feeling in a while that it's, it's due time, you know? Mm-hmm. 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 Um, yeah like the fact that I can only that's the last one I can think about really that like was truly embarrassing it's I feel like it says a lot that was four years ago so I can tell you another embarrassing thing that's happened to me okay but so much so many so many like really embarrassing things and this is recent that's so subtle and it's like hard to put your finger on yeah um wait this requires like a little bit of backstory (laughs) um and you know it but I your listenership does not because okay. we discussed not to disclose certain things. <laughs> um, okay. I, I know how I'm going to tell this story in a okay. way that like people will be able to understand, but also like you'll understand too. Okay. So when I got back from culinary school, I was trying, but I was like flirting with the idea of maybe working at a restaurant. <clears throat> so I did uh, work. I did do a, like a stage, a temporary shift at a restaurant in Brooklyn. It was like one of my favorite restaurants. Did not get the job. Okay. Um, I would say the day went poorly. And I would say I did not showcase my best work. But furthermore, even if I had showcased my best work, I don't think I 
have the experience or the talent to work in a restaurant of that caliber. Okay. So okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> so they told me, you know, they were like, the sous chef was like, yo, you're not for you. And I was like, no problem, sir. I'll show myself out left. That was that. I did make a friend <laughs> from the experience. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the friend and I ha- like were hanging out like maybe two or three weeks after the stage, after the trial shift. And we were near the restaurant that I, that I had done this trial shift at. He, my friend works at the restaurant, but he was obviously not working the day that we were hanging out. And so we had dinner and then he was like, do you want to go get a glass of wine at, at the restaurant? Because we were like right around the corner. And I was like, for sure. Yeah. Like, let's go do that. It would, that would have been my first time stepping back into the doors after being rejected, which like, okay. In my mind, it was like a humiliating thing, like going and like working at a restaurant for an entire day. And like, and then at the end being like, yeah, you're not good enough. But it's like, but that, that why in my, also on a logical level, I'm like, why is that humiliating to me? Like, that's so like, that's what happens. You try and get a job and either you do or you don't, but like, if you don't, that's, that shouldn't be an embarrassing thing. But in my head, it was embarrassing. Just like knowing that, like, they were probably having like side conversations about like the way I like fucking chopped a squash, which like, listen, I was not, I was not chopping that squash. Well, (laughs) but the the cubes were asymmetrical, if you Mm. will. Um, But like, just like knowing there were like conversations where people were like, yeah, she's not good enough that for some reason that makes me embarrassed, even though it shouldn't, but this isn't the embarrassing thing that happened. I just like, I'm trying to tee everything up. So I'm like a little nervy stepping back into the restaurant as like a patron for the first time, also with my friend. Um, anyway, so we, we, we show up, we get a glass of wine and I'm like, oh, I really have to go to the bathroom and where the bathroom is in the restaurant is like very close to the kitchen. As in like, if you're like standing near the bathroom, you're basically like looking into the open kitchen And I was like, I don't really want to see the rest of like the staff, like the rest of the chefs, because it's like, hey, me again. (laughs) That's sort of vibe. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 I get it. I'm back. (laughs) Trying, I'm trying to try again here. (laughs) You thought you got rid of me, but you didn't. (laughs) Cause here I am. (laughs) Which is like not, I don't know. I'm just like, oh, they're like, I'm like, they're probably like this fucking girl. Like we can't like we can't shake her but I'm like but I really have to pee (laughs) so my friend was like no no no. like you should definitely go to the bathroom and also you should say hi to you should say hi to everyone like say hi to the say hi to the head chef who was like wonderful and like um but like I was like nervous to do this I'm like no no no. they're like working I don't want to I don't want to like I'd rather just like go to the bathroom and kind of like keep my head down and like hopefully no one notices it's me and he's like, no, you should, you like really should say hi to them. And I'm like, okay. Cause my, my natural inclination was like, don't like, I don't want to bother them. They don't really care about me. Yeah. But he was like, no, you should say hi. So I like walk straight to the back of the restaurant where the kitchen in the bathroom is and are, and I like kind of am like loitering near the kitchen. I'm not like stepping into the kitchen. Cause that would be a freak move, but I'm like, <laughs> on the I'm I'm like probably at a point where a normal customer if like a normal customer at the restaurant were standing 
people would be like, are you good? Like, is everything okay? Like, but, but I was kind of like trying to get their attention. Like they were cooking again. My friend is like, yeah, you definitely need to say hi. Like almost in a way, like it would be polite if I didn't say hi. And then as I'm like standing there, like one of the, like someone who works there, like is walking out and he's like, what are you doing? Are you okay? And I'm like, oh yeah, I'm just like saying hi to chef. Um, like my friend like told me to come say hi, which like, also I'm like, why did I just say it like that? Like blank told me to come say hi. Like, that's such a weird thing. It's like, I, it's like, as if I'm like following orders, it was just so cringe. And then they, and then everyone kind of looks up cause they hear this like almost like commotion happening. And I'm like, Hey guys. <laughs> and it was so fucking awkward. And they were like, Hey, and like, clearly like in my head, they were confused why I was saying hi. I'm like, yeah, I'm confused too. Like, I don't want to be doing this either. Like I was told to be here and it's weird. <laughs> and then I was like, just, and then I like tried to be so casual and chill about it. And then it came off as like really weird. And then I was like, okay, good seeing you guys. Just going to go to the bathroom now. Anyway, I don't know if I can like, if, if that, does that, do you, do you get how that was embarrassing? Yeah, that, yeah, that it's, it's just like an awkward encounter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Like, even if it, no one will remember that moment, really. Like, no one will be thinking about that five minutes later. They're not going to be thinking about, like, so I think five minutes later they would. You think? I think a week later, maybe not. But I think five minutes later, I think they would be like, that was kind of weird. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe the next day they will forget about it, which is better than, like, I don't know, an actual, like, super, like, publicly humiliating event like someone will remember for the rest of their life you know I feel like like my my crying episode yeah but even that like I feel like some people won't remember it's not like you I don't know like there was this one time when I was in elementary school and we were doing a like a a performance mm. like the stage in front of like the audience and mm-hmm. we were all like on bleachers like standing up like mm-hmm. one of like the singing performances I don't know if you had those growing up but like mm-hmm. no I do assemblies yeah or whatever mm-hmm. it's someone threw up all over the people like below them on the bleachers <laughs> and oh, no. end up throwing up too on like the other side just from like seeing them. <laughs> yeah throw up is like it does like like it like that I feel like is something that I have remembered forever I don't know if it was because mm-hmm. I was a kid and I'm like traumatized by it but I feel like mm-hmm. something like that is just a little bit worse than like an awkward hello you know yeah I the most iconic embarrassing like honestly like will go down in history as like the quintessential story of embarrassment happened to a friend of a friend of mine so this is like almost like a wives table tale that's been passed down but my friend who actually was a runner at Stanford she had a teammate who was like pretty I think pretty like pretty quiet like not like you know didn't go out that much and party that much but was doing like a fifth year and like was graduating from her grad like fifth year grad school program at Stanford and was like you know what decided to like have a good night and like go out wait was this person like a distance runner um I'm not sure okay do you know the story no I don't know the story but I'm like I I wonder if I know the person involved but what I can I actually I don't think my friend Jay ever told me the name of the person okay. oh, and actually now that I'm retelling it it wasn't a girl on her track team it was a girl in her sorority 
Okay. Um, okay. So, uh, and, but maybe also on the track team. I'm not really sure. But uh, anyway, this girl ends up going out. She ends up like flirting with a guy. They like kiss on the lips and like decide to go home together. So she goes home with him, goes back to his apartment. They have like a great night, super cutie. The next morning he's like, I have to go. Um, but like, you can take your time getting ready. Like I have, I think he had like class or work or whatever. He's like, I have to go take your time getting ready. Like you don't need to rush out and don't worry about like locking the door. It locks on the way out. So you're chilling. So she does take her time. She's like having a slow morning. He like told her how to make coffee. She like makes some coffee. Then as it goes, she has to take a shit. So she goes to his bathroom and she, and she, and she poops. Um, And then when she tries to flush the toilet, like, it's not like she clogged the toilet, but it's just like not, you know, when it just doesn't flush, like something's broken and she like tries to fix it, can't figure it out. And she's like, oh fuck. Like, I like literally don't know how to get this. Like this toilet is broken. And so she's like trying to think of what to do. And she's like, the only logical solution is going, she goes to his kitchen, finds his Ziploc bags. <laughs> no, yeah. no, no. <laughs> Takes the shit from the Ziploc or from the toilet, puts it in the Ziploc bag. And it's like foul, but she's like, whatever, it like works. Like, but now it looks like there's not shit in the toilet. Cause it was like a clean break, you know? Yeah. Um. Anyway, she's like, okay, that's disgusting. But like all of it, <laughs> like no one will know. She writes him a note because they like didn't exchange numbers. So she writes him a note being like, Hey, I had like a really fun time with you last night. Here's my number. Like would love to see you again. Leaves the apartment, click the door locks from the outside as he promised it would. And she remembers that she left the bat, the Ziploc bag of shit on his kitchen countertop next to the note. Actually, that's actually the worst story I've ever heard. That is the worst that is a nightmare. That's actually yeah. nightmare. dude. I would like fucking take a rock, break into it. <laughs> I would do. I would do anything. I'd be scaling the walls outside, opening the window somehow. I'd be going through the uh, what, what is like the 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 window that's oh, I just butchered the vents. The vents. No, so, the skylight. I oh. the skylight. <laughs> I'd be going full Spider-Man. <laughs> oh my goodness. But we never we never found out what happened after that. She never heard from him. I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. 
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Yeah, as I said, it's like one of the more iconic stories. Of that might time. be one. I've, I mean, that... I don't think you could really beat that. I mean, I'm yeah, sure, you can't. I'm she like, I'm sure someone has beaten it before, but that is that's like pretty bad. Like mine is yeah. not fair to that. I know it's like I'll, I'll shed a few tears in front of some spoken word <laughs> folks any day before I leave a Ziploc bag of shit next to a note after having a cutie night with a man who I hope to see again. And you know what? He like certainly thought he. I bet he thought. It was like kink, like that, because people do have like shit kinks. You know what I mean? I it, yeah, I mean, I guess what else? I mean, would... Yeah, like he's not gonna be like, oh yeah, of course she couldn't flush the toilet, so she scooped her log out and then she just forgot it. <laughs> no, he's gonna think like you don't leave that next to the. It was like literally right next to the little note she left too. Well, maybe she thought that it was, or maybe he thought that it was like a, like a sarcastic thing. Like maybe, she, maybe like like she had a horrible night. She had a horrible like, night. So hey, she... fuck you! <laughs> Here's my <laughs> shit. Fuck then you would just leave the poo in the broken toilet at that point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like why are you going through the steps of putting it in a bag? <laughs> like it's like to really get him. <laughs> I see why people like want us to have a podcast. Like they want this. <laughs> This is what the people want. This is what they need. It this is what they fun. need. This yeah. is what people ask for. I can tell, like, you know, this episode is going to go live. Then I'm going to ask people for guest recommendations. And they're going to say, Lydia, we need more <laughs> pooing in bag stories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and oh, boy, do I have them. There's more where that came from. <laughs> um, okay, well, so <laughs> complete pivot now. Yeah, let's pivot. pivot just because, well, I'm curious. Okay. What was the reasoning for you to move back to New York? Like you had the New York stand mm-hmm. earlier, twenty twenty two, or was that? Mm-hmm. Like- that was in twenty twenty two. Yeah, because it's yeah. twenty twenty three now. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, that was in twenty twenty two. So you had that, didn't enjoy that experience, Mm-mm. but then came back. Why? I came back because you know there is like a multifold reason, but I basically I like 
really, really wanted to move to London after Ballymaloo, which is where I went to culinary school. And I became like hyper fixated on London. And to this day, I will still stand by the claim that I think London is like the best city in the world. I think it is. Well, okay, hold on. I, I think London is an incredible city. I think it has the best food scene. I think it's food. The, the food I've eaten in London, I, I have not eaten as good of a meal in New York yet. Mm. Like I can, if you, if your listeners want London restaurant recommendations, there, I got them. Okay. Okay. So I, I love British pub culture, not in the sense that like I'm a booze hound, but I do think there's something so amazing and to be fair I was there during the summer months so I I feel like I saw it at its peak but like the way people just like gather around outside pubs on any corner you go to having a pint with mates like I think that's like such a beautiful thing and you know my whole thing is like community and like where people find it and like the pubs are certainly like a third place when people talk about like third places not home not work but like this other gathering point where you have like familiarity and you do have community that's what pubs are I also my friend Vic so smartly I was like I don't know what it is about pub culture because people like obviously in America people get drinks all the time after work but like why does it feel so different and this is what she pointed out that really resonated with me of like I feel like when you go get a pint at a pub with a friend, the vibe is like, you don't know whether it will be one pint. You don't know whether it will be six. Okay. But you're there, you're there to enjoy the company of your friend or friends, whatever, however many people you're like meeting up with. And like, you're ready to let the good times rock if they're rocking. But Hey, if it's just one pint, then that's fine too. Like, whereas I feel in America that like that subtle cultural thing is not present like it's like yes we will go get our martinis from 8 30 to 9 30 p.m and then I have a party to get to and you have a party to get to and we'll part ways and like and we'll have done our little social check like box checked and like it just feels so much less about just like enjoying the presence of other humans yeah it's it is like checking a box it's like Mm-hmm. oh let's go grab a drink oh like oh we need to get a drink together or like let's go mm-hmm. get dinner like you're just like catching up for a certain amount of time mm-hmm. there aren't very many moments when you go somewhere and then you just let it roll you know mm-hmm. like you have no mm-hmm. plans afterwards like that's not really that's like unheard of you know yeah and maybe I just caught like a glimmer of that when I was in London but I, I just felt like that was so much more the vibe than the way it is in and so New York so far also I have a good friend who like it actually like grinds my gears so much how she does this. She like, she's so, I think, obsessed with like scheduling herself socially that whenever we hang out, and this is someone I would consider a best friend. Whenever we hang out, we have like approximately 95 minutes or like 64 minutes. And then she has to go somewhere else. And it's just like, that is like to me one of the shittiest feelings to to feel, especially when it's with a good friend that you're being like slotted into a time slot that she was gonna fill, whether it be you or whether it be someone else. Yeah. And like pub British pub culture felt like it was the opposite of that. Yeah. That so makes a lot of sense. yeah. And qu- yeah. And my friend coincidentally also just moved to New York. So I feel like I've be- I've been confronted with this um situation with her like now a couple of times already and I don't I maybe I'm like way too sensitive but it's just like it really bothers me I'm like what 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 like 
why don't we hang out for six hours? Like, why aren't we doing that? Like, and this, there was this amazing, um, piece written in the Atlantic, I think about like, um, friendship and adult friendship and like why it can feel so tough as an adult to, to have friends and to hold on to friends. And a lot of the times it's because like one of the, the reasons the author pointed out was that like so much of our social time is boxed into these like finite schedule, like time slots. Whereas when we were little, you'd go over if, especially if you lived in like a neighborhood and you were like going over to a friend's house, like that was like an indefinite amount of time where like you could like wander into their backyard and come up with this like whole like mystical, like fantasy world together and like really engage in play in a a way that adults don't. And that's why a lot of the times like we tap into that part of ourselves with our intimate long-term partners because they're like the few people that we feel like that, like who we spend time with in this way where it is like, you don't know, like we're with each other the whole day. And so we might as well have fun together. And like that, like, I don't know my past relationship. I meet me and John, like we like, we had our own little like language. We like spoke to each other in like bizarre fucking weird ways. And like, but it was because that was like this like world we created. Like it felt like very like, we're, you know, we're all still have these, these needs and these childlike impulses that like we like box away and pretend like we're all proper adults but yeah John and I had some weird shit but and it was beautiful honestly I look back on it and I only I only think about it with fondness um we had this whole thing called like the pookie community and and I was in the pookie community but John was like on the fringe of it anyway and then we had a whole language and um you know it's like that's whole that whole thing yeah I mean, I feel like, like you said, with your long-term lovers or whatever, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of how you know that you've found, like, someone that you're meant to be with, is if you can kind of activate that side of your brain that, like, goes into the childlike yeah. wonder stage. Or, like, or, I mean, this is so cliche, but it's, like, if you go into a room full of people, like, do you, like, do you feel overstimulated or are you, like, focused on this one person that you're spending so much time with, you know? Like, do you, I don't know. I just feel like activating that side of you that goes into like your own separate little world and you can be with them for hours and doesn't even seem like hours like mm-hmm. that's very special because like yeah you even with like friendships I feel like some friendships are like that um but some aren't like I don't know it's just interesting though yeah yeah it's you know, we're all just kids still <laughs> you know what I mean like we really yeah. are but yeah it is special when you find someone you can kind of be that way with and I wish we, I wish we could have it with more than just like our lovers and like our one person. And maybe, I don't know, there are like non-monogamous communities that have that, not that I have any interest in being polyamorous, but like, um, it's, it's a shame that that's like part of growing up at least in like Western, like, I don't know, an American culture at least. Do you feel like you've been able to tap into London pub culture in New York? No, I haven't. Um, I mean, I like also really teeter back and forth about whether I like want to like fully cold turkey quit drinking, which I know is like a cut, like obviously uh, hypocritical. What I'm like, oh, one of my favorite things about London was <laughs> pub culture. Oh, and just to finish what I was saying about why I was like talking about all these great things about London. Oh, there's also incredible parks, green space. So I was literally trying to move to London it's somewhat 
um, it's like super complicated if you are a self-employed person, which I am. So it was just like, I almost hired an immigration lawyer. It was becoming a whole thing. And then I was like, you know what? This is too complicated. I haven't had my own home in years. Why don't I just like move somewhere for a year in the US? That's like, I don't need a visa. And then if I still really want to move to London in a year, I'll, I'll make that move. So I was like, what are all the things I love about London? And it was like the food, the fashion, feeling like you're at the center of things, like opportunity to find community. And I was like, okay, what's the closest place I can find that in, um, in the U S and it was just like, it was New York. It just felt like New York was the right place. And like, my brother lives here and, and it's, and it's honestly been amazing. And I, I think one of the big reasons why it didn't work out, like why I struggled so much with New York in 2022 was because I was like, I was like really, you know, I was in like a very codependent relationship that was also a beautiful relationship, but like had no impulse to be social and put myself out there because I was like, got everything I needed from my relationship. Mm -hmm. And also think I had like very underdeveloped social skills because I was like still recovering from like pandemic, like, like the way that affected me as a social being. And, um, I was like scared of the subway too. Like, I I was like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know how to use it. It gives me anxiety. And now I'm like, I fucking love the subway. So just, you know, just, it's actually an amazing thing to be like, oh, yet again, we are confronted with the truth that it's all mindset. It's all like our realities are how we see our realities. They're not like what actually is within the reality. Yeah. Now the fact that I love the subway if you told 2022 me that she'd be like, wait, what? Yeah. It's like, or yeah. just the fact that even New York didn't work then, but then now it's working now. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it's still, I, I mean, I still have my, of course, my weepy days as we've discussed, but um, I think it's good for now. I, I miss the ocean. I miss, I miss being in like true nature. Like I love the parks, but like, I, I would love to be like, I don't know. I like South Africa and, and Ireland, I was in like the most beautiful natural environments and I certainly like feel that's where I thrive a little bit more but it's cool to be in a city and it's cool to be like doing this and doing that and jumping around and seeing people and and going on dates and like it's all good yeah how was like your summer because you did travel you were like traveling the whole time I mean this whole year you've been traveling I have and I miss I think literally the last time I was on your podcast, I was like, girl, I might go to a culinary school. And you're no, like, literally, that's that's what it was. And then the fact that you ended up going was like very iconic and cool. I did not actually think I was going to go. Well, yeah, because thing. I mean, even back then you were like hesitant of whether it was actually going to be a real thing or not. It was like, it was early stages of you even thinking about going, I remember. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, it'd be cool. But like, I mean, that's a big endeavor to like decide to go to a culinary school in a different country, you know? But yeah, did it. You yeah. Made it I did it um yeah I and I actually I was very scared and I think there was probably like a little part of me that knew things would always be different after because after I like came up with these like this six month of travels which was three months in South Africa and then three months in Ireland and I was like there was something within me that knew like things would fundamentally change if I decided to go on these travels I also was like trying to write a novel at the time, but like, I think, you know, I knew my relationship would potentially like be in peril if I did go. And that's exactly what happened. Like, I feel like I left and I like reflected a lot and I was like, okay, I think, you know, I need to change this part of my life. And it's still unbelievably sad. Like, uh oh, 
Uh oh, here comes the tears. It's <laughs> like a very big change. So obviously, because it was a good relationship too. So it's like it's hard to make big life changes that, especially if they involve another person. So yep, take your time. Take your time. <laughs> Let it out. Let it out, girl. Let it out. <laughs> Crying twice in one podcast. Wow. <laughs> here we are and we're and we're thriving you know <laughs> we're doing so well hey we do i feel like you and i do get into um more personal topics than anyone else on my podcast so oh, really i mean that's like literally the only way i know how to interact with people is to get like so real so quickly like i, I like do you just get when you're talking to people about like that surface level stuff is it like do you do you get bored personally it just, I mean, it depends. I actually, I mean, I genuinely like learning about people, but a lot of the time, like, a lot of my episodes are me just learning about the other person. Like, when when you and I record or whatever, it's yeah. it's a genuine conversation. Like, we are talking back and forth. So, it's more yeah. engaging for me as, like, yeah. you know, the person sharing my feelings or whatever. But a lot of the time, it literally just is me, like, interviewing someone, which I still enjoy, but it's just very different than, like, like, these are, like, cathartic, you know? These are, like... Yeah like a genuine conversation probably oversharing a bit oh yeah people but it's just oh I'm like fully crying yeah (laughs) did you expect it I mean I feel like when we got on and I was like I've been really anxious today and you're like are you still anxious and I was like "Mm -hmm, yep (laughs) yeah but I mean it's all right I feel like I overshare on the internet all the time so it's nothing I'm not used to you know and we've talked I mean you and I have talked about a lot of different things um about our struggles and stuff over the years so yeah I get it yeah yeah um yeah it's it's weird it's like the the great the truth sets you free and so whenever I find myself being like oh I don't want people to know that I'm like wait literally why yeah why because like there's someone out there who's going to be able to like or probably most people can relate to this And I know these things that I'm like potentially like guarding out of like fear of vulnerability are not like, I don't know, is just because it's like, as long as you know, you're a good person and you're only acting in ways that like are with good intentions, have good intentions. It's like, you kind of have nothing to be embarrassed about. Or these are things I have to tell myself. Like, I don't know what was something recently where I was like, oh God, I don't want to talk about that on the internet. And then I was like, literally, why? It's, wouldn't it be good? Actually, I remember what it was, and I still don't really want to talk about it. <laughs> but just just trust me. No, but no, I get what you're saying. Like, as long as it's like, I don't know, being vulnerable, if even, especially if it doesn't involve anyone else. Like, if it's really just, like, internal things that you're dealing with, I feel like a lot of people can relate. And it's like, why not share it on the internet? You know, if it involves other people and it's like personal stuff yeah. behind the scenes, then, you know, you have someone else involved and who knows yeah. if they want to right. dirty laundry, I guess, quotes to be mm-hmm. on the internet or whatever. But I don't know, internal struggles. Like I, I fully am. Uh, yeah. I call it oversharing, but it's, I mean, it's just sharing my internal feelings that yeah. are beyond surface level. So yeah, I don't know. I think people appreciate it too. That's why people follow you. Cause they think that you're a, they like know that you're a real person because you show that side of yourself I sure do <sighs> I mean I even people like people in my personal life like when you come on my podcast or whatever they're like excited about it like I wrote with my friend this morning uh-huh. um 
Paige. I wonder if she's she's probably. Oh, I love her. I follow her back. Yeah, yeah. No, she's great, and she was like, I can listen to you talk, you two talk forever. Like, oh, so really I feel like cute. it's just cool. People just like like your vulnerability and stuff. Um, Thanks, Emma. That's very sweet. Yeah. Okay, but we were talking about summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your summer. And, and no, but we, you and I, almost convened in Budapest. I know it's actually such a crime that we didn't. Um, it is, but I feel like okay. I also partied more in Budapest than I expected to because, like, technically, I was like on a work trip. You were there for fun, right? Yeah, yeah. You were on such a boondoggle. Like, it was uh, um, my Europe trip was a bender. I will say it was it, a bender. It, it truly looks like a bender. Yeah, it, it was, was like I was like she's gonna be hurting when she gets home. Yeah, <laughs> but I was like also not doing that poorly to be honest. Okay. Um, cause I like, I'm not really that crazy of a person. Like I'm not going wild all the time. Oh, really? It's like, I'm usually the one that's going home like the earliest, you know? Oh, that's an amazing quality to have. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's why I'm like able to do it because yeah. I can like handle myself, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, like Budapest was, I mean, it was super fun, but it was very overwhelming. Even like the stadium itself. Oh my just, God. Don't get me started on that stadium. Really overwhelming. Yeah. The what travel the over there, the city itself, like getting out of the stadium. Getting out of the stadium was so overwhelming, and I, the fact oh, that gosh. I was with the biggest group ever, I was just like, I am so overwhelmed in the city. So I do feel bad that we never met up, but also like, I don't really know what would have been the best time to meet up in the first place. I I'm not sure either, and I feel like we were like my the itinerary I was on was very much go 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 it was yeah. also like my first time really like being in person working with on yeah so I obviously wanted to put like give a good impression and like you know be there in like a professional way so I was like I was trying to go above and beyond with how much content I was trying to film and capture and edit so um yeah it was just it, and also I feel like I was there for a hot minute because you were yeah, I wasn't even there. I was there for maybe five days, and then we went to like Berlin for thirty six hours, and then um, Wales again for another like twenty four hours. Like we were just like bopping all over Europe, uh, and it was it was a lot. But um, yeah, did you have fun? Like, w- did you enjoy your your bender, or was it like were you happy it was over when it was? I had a lot of fun. Like it was, I just love my friends from Portland. So it was just like fun. And we all travel super well together. Like at, in, in Budapest, we had an Airbnb that was filled with 20 people. 20 wow. people. Yeah. 20 people in the Airbnb. But I think we're just all so close and we've like done trips together that we all knew that it would like work, even if it was yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Um, like obviously at some point, so like breaking off, it's not going to be like 20 of us all yeah. roaming around in a giant pack together, but like, I don't know, just the whole Europe experience with them was super fun. Like, was my body deteriorating by the end? Absolutely. Yeah. It was. Mm-hmm. Just from, like, mm-hmm. the lack of sleep and just how much we were getting on planes was just a mm-hmm. lot. Um, Because we were, like, flying everywhere. And, like, our routes that we took, like, yeah, it didn't really make any sense in terms yeah. of like, logistics of travel. Um, So my body was a little bit beat up by the end, but mm-hmm. it was a great time. Like, I don't, like... I was happy that it was over just so I could get back and like, especially because my summer was just so chaotic. Like I, I just was never really home. Like I wasn't really home for like two months. So it was just, I wanted to get back and just be in my own space, but yeah, all in all, like, I don't know. I had a great time and I think it was the perfect amount of time. If it went on longer, I would have been like very tired, but it was good. It was just very like, I don't know. It was it was more about the spending the time with my friends, like traveling rather than the cities and the countries itself. 
<laughs> but that's like it doesn't it always just boil down to the people you're with yeah so like you can be in the most incredible place in the world and be miserable if you're with shit people yeah or or not necessarily shit people because i feel like not that i'm trying to be woo woo but i do think i mean I, of course there are shitty people out there but if just like the vibes are off yeah even if it's a bunch of great people like if the vibes are off doesn't matter whether you're on a white sand beach in the maldives okay you might still be having a shit time so i feel like that's like the beautiful thing about people yeah so i like, just feel like it made for a great trip because yeah. we all get along and there was not really like nothing really went wrong which is good for the amount of people that we had yeah yeah that is pretty incredible i um i but i do think like it, one thing i've come face to face with in the past like well really since Bally Maloo and then through Europe and then now like not getting enough sleep that actually fucks with you more than I think we I don't think we talk about it enough here's my thing about sleep people talk about how like sleep is the most important thing but it's not like sold to us shoved down our throats in this capitalist society because there's very few ways like people can monetize sleep in the way that like fitness has been monetized we've talked about this a little bit I think yeah I just had deja vu where I feel like I was saying the same exact thing previously on a podcast with you but I have not been getting enough sleep recently and and I literally think that's a big reason why I've had a few I've had a bout of of weepy days and I I don't know if you felt that like after getting back from Europe and like being like not like not like one bad night where you don't get enough sleep but like consistent like consistent bad sleep that will fuck with you yeah I think for the last couple years it's been fine back in like 2021 like around the time when I was living in New York Mm -hmm. um I was getting horrible sleep like almost insomnia levels where I wouldn't be able to fall asleep until like four in the morning oh no Emma and so I feel like yeah the same sort of thing where I think it takes a way bigger toll than I even like realized until yeah. I started getting good sleep again and just realized like how much more sane I felt like yeah or I felt day to day like I think the not getting good sleep and like just having a really bad sleep schedule like even if I went to bed at what two in the morning and I woke up at 10 like that's still eight hours of sleep but just like the hours that I'm sleeping this is mm-hmm. like not ideal um yeah. and just like if I would go to bed at two like maybe the night before I went to bed at 11 maybe the night after I go to bed at four like just not yeah. having a set sleep schedule of like getting enough sleep and getting good quality sleep I feel like drove me insane like I think it just made my mental health so bad um Mm -hmm. that that's why I feel like living in New York at that time like was just very bad for me just (laughs) because I don't think I was at a good place in my life and just the combination of just living in New York when I already like Mm -hmm. I'm having sleeping problems Mm -hmm. a lot worse so then when I moved back to San Diego you know, got my life together internally a little bit. Um, and I started getting better sleep. Like I just realized like how much of a factor it plays. Yeah. No, I have have been kind of like New York is certainly a later, like a later, everything's like pushed a little later in New York. Like I, I would say I was walking around the streets. I was on the streets (laughs) at like 9 30 and I was kind of astounded at, to be fair, I was in Williamsburg. I wasn't in Manhattan. But I was like, damn, it, it feels like the city hasn't woken up yet. And it's almost 10 in the morning. And I think that's a thing where it's like the city wakes up kind of at 10. It's very normal to go to sleep around two, which for me is just that is not how I rock. That is not how I roll. Yeah. OK, I like in an ideal world, I love getting up at five in the morning. 
I love getting up, but, but only if I've gotten eight hours. So that's like going to bed at like nine. And I like, I love feeling like I'm getting ahead of my day and like, and I think it's just like other people are totally fine, like waking up when they wake up and being productive on their own schedule. But I think maybe because I have this like little hyper competitive part within me where I'm like, I need to feel like I am getting ahead of people. <laughs> yeah. And I just haven't done any of that. There's also there's just like I the, some people are morning people, some people aren't. And I am and I haven't been like honoring that while I've been here because I've been like, I'm really bad at like setting boundaries and like. I think that's the same thing with me too. Like I just get easily swayed into doing mm-hmm. things. Cause I just, yeah, I don't know. I am like a pretty go with the flow person and like, I can make it work, you know, but like in terms of like my ideal schedule, I don't think I've been following it either. So wait, hold on. My thingy, my, do you hear that? My yeah. apartment is ringing. Okay. One second. Hello. It was FedEx. Okay. Yeah. I assumed it was a package. Just that yeah. all you hear is hello. yeah I'm and and like the I used to be so rigid about my boundaries and sometimes I think that's not the right move either but like I um I think when on my travels like I kind of became a little more loosey-goosey about my boundaries and it really served me like there are chapters of your life where being loose with your boundaries are okay and and of course not. It depends what boundary we're talking about, right? But like, yeah, but it's like scheduling and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Like, I think yeah. it is better to let you got to let loose every once in a while. Yeah, but I think the reason why it was okay for me to be loose with boundaries when I was traveling is because I wasn't like really working. And like, when you are self-employed, your demise is not being rigid with your own boundaries because what that becomes is you're not taking your job seriously. Whereas like. I, you know, when I, I have friends who are like, have to be at work nine to five, like that, and everyone respects it when they're like, oh, I have to be in work. I'm going to go into work now. I'm going, going, I'm going into my office. But for some reason, I feel like people are like, I don't know. I, I, whether I'm like projecting it onto them, I'm just like, oh yeah, I don't, I guess I don't have to start my work now, or I don't have to edit this video now, but that can fuck with me because then it's like, if I'm not taking my work seriously, I'm not taking myself seriously and I'm not taking like my future seriously. And then I'm like, and then I start spiraling. Is basically <laughs> what happens. That's what happens. No, I mean, I, I definitely get it. I definitely get it. You kind of, yeah, you have to set your own schedule and stuff as a self-employed person, but it's, it's harder because you don't, it's harder to stick to them sometimes because there's no one telling you that you have to have the boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like you don't, you don't have the nine to five. You don't have mm-hmm. a boss that's like thinking or like saying that you have to be there. So it's just easier to be lenient on it. But for your mm-hmm. own like sanity. Yeah. Like you said, if you want to feel like you're taking yourself seriously, taking your work seriously, it's like you have to stick to them. I don't know. It's a very weird position. <laughs> also, it's like the classic thing of, okay, say you're letting your boundaries get a loosey, little loosey goosey because you're in like a romantic situation. Hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically. All right. And you're just like, yeah, you're, you're not adhering to these boundaries. And then by virtue of not adhering to these boundaries, you're not really taking care of yourself. And because you're prioritizing this like new fling or this new relationship over the self that it's the, the great paradox or the great like joke of all of that is if you keep prioritizing the relationship over yourself that will ultimately lead to the demise of the relationship. Yeah. Because 
there, there is no such thing as a functional relationship. If one person in that relationship is falling apart because they're not taking care of themselves. Yeah. And I think I felt, I'm definitely guilty of that. Like, oh, I, I mean, for sure. Hey, me too. <laughs> Present. It's like the first thing, the first thing that goes, um, yeah. I just get so distracted. And I so, get consumed. I get I feel consumed. like I get so consumed. I mean, it's all consuming. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also why I've been so picky in the past because I just know that I'm like that. And I know it's something mm. I have to work on too because it's like, I'm just still am consumed, you know, but um, still. No, I think, I mean, I'm definitely way better now, but like, especially okay. in the first couple months or whatever, I don't know, it's just like a big time investment. It's just not something I'm used to. And I just know how it is, especially in the first couple like weeks and months where I'm like, I'm not going to like waste this mental energy on something that's not going to be worth it in the long run, you know? Oh, it's like a full-time job. Yeah. It literally feels like a full-time job, even though there's, it's like my brain. Yeah. Yeah. But also like the time spent together. I mean, I don't yeah. know, like if it's hot and heavy quickly like they're yeah. with that person all the time and and also like even if you're like super comfortable around the person right away which usually is like a, a good sign and at the beginnings of a relationship um you know you still want to like put on your best self like I was actually thinking about this this morning it's like I like yeah you still <laughs> when you're like with someone new even if you're like so chill and comfortable with them you're st- it's still an effort of wanting them to see you for like your good qualities and and not in a manipulative way but just like I don't know where is like the difference between being with someone like four years down the road you're really okay like really showing that you're having a tough day in a way that maybe at least I'm not in the beginnings of things because I'm like they don't they don't need to see that because I know this is silly and I know this is like something I'll get through and I don't need to drag them in on it yeah I think that's very fair. And it's like, yeah, it's just, I don't know, the beginning stages, it's just all consuming also because of that, because you have to keep things in internally. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, there's just like things that you have to work through. Yeah. Outwardly and inwardly, I guess, at the beginning. Yeah. Because it brings out new, new intense relationships, whether it be friendships or romantic partners, like they like trigger things like that yeah like you're saying you have to work through that they don't really need to like play a part in that working through because like that's on you to figure out like why they're triggering you in that way and then there are things that like if they're you know communicating your boundaries and like making sure that they respond to them in a healthy way and stuff like that yeah I think all those like that sort of thing is what has been new to me just because I haven't really been in a long-term relationship that it's like that's just navigating a lot of stuff internally mm-hmm. has been interesting. Just stuff that I didn't even know about until, I don't know, until I'd be on to a relationship. It's just different than being single. <laughs> Wait, can I? I have two questions. Okay. First of all, how did you and Ian meet? <laughs> and second of all, actually three questions. Okay. How long did you hide? Like, how long did you actively not post any like stories or any glimpse of him because like you knew well like you knew that once he was like slightly visible people were gonna it was just gonna it would peak interest and also I feel like posting even like a little story showing you have a, a man's whether it be like a man's you're seeing casually it's like it's a vulnerable thing to do because if that man's disappears then people know then then people know things went to shit yeah um 
and so that's second middle question is how long did you wait before posting? And then third question is how do you navigate having a public presence on social media with him, with your relationship? Is he chill about it? How does he feel about it? Um, are you guys, are you, do you sometimes just like pretend you have a normal Instagram where you're just like sharing? Cause sometimes that's how I feel you post. Yeah. But I, I, I don't feel like I'm following an influencer sometimes when I'm watching your stories. Yeah. Which I guess is a good thing. Like you're very authentic, but like, you know, you, you, you post like casually in a way that's not like, well, let me show you my outfit. Yeah. I mean, especially like the last couple of months, I feel like I haven't really been posting that much. And so when I do post, like I haven't really been posting in an influencer-y way. I feel like the last couple of months. Um, yeah, but okay. First question. We I met, mean, <laughs> he slid into my DMs okay amazing we love that king behavior and that and that was it because he was a follower no so his uh it's so funny he's like in that room and he can hear me but um his friend that he worked with he's playing with the dog don't worry um ran at the naval academy and she sent him a reel that i made that was like funny or like a tiktok video i don't know or whatever and then apparently he stalked my page Mm -hmm. thought i was funny or something or hot. I don't know and then so he slid into my DMs and his first I, I've already talked about this on my podcast I forgot okay. but um yeah he basically just asked me on a date immediately and like that was especially like at the time period like I was just so over dating I was like I cannot like mm. I'm gonna give nothing like I just am not doing dating apps I'm not doing anything um but I was like you know what I'll go on a date like I'm feeling a little bit impulsive um but his profile was on private so I had to look him up on the internet and then I saw that he like played football and then he was also 6'6 and then I said okay mm-hmm. I'll go on the date but then I made him like tell me tell me a little bit of like a bio about himself so he's a big boy yeah okay. um so yeah that's how we met and then what was the middle question again <laughs> um how have you how long did you wait before posting? Oh, oh, not very long. Wait, okay, but did when you met? What? How long after you met? After that first date, did you start dating? You became a fish, and be real, be real, because you know I was just being. Real <laughs> that was that was that was not very long either. Like um, a week. Yeah, not even a month. Which I feel like is is that crazy? Like, is that am I crazy? Not at all, girl. I'm like, if it's right, it's right. Yeah, that like. My friend and I used to say, "If it's either fuck yes or no." Yeah, and I and I agree. I'm, I feel yeah. like people know within the first two weeks at least. It's yeah, it's a yay or nay. I'm a yay or nay person. I feel like most people deep down know. Um, yeah, but yeah. So I heard this before. thing on a, a oh, sorry. I just heard this thing on a podcast, or it was like a Instagram reel snippet from a podcast that was like, you know, within three weeks whether you want to date somebody you know, within, no, no, you know, within three months, whether you love them and you know, within three years, whether you like want to marry them and they, they be your life partner. I'm like, oh, I think it's a little quicker than that. Yeah. Three years. Long time. I'm like, I know within a year, I, I, I feel like if I'm with the right person, I will know within a year if I want to marry them. Yeah, I think so too. Maybe no, no, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Um, no, but you know what's funny? I don't think I've talked about this on my podcast before. Um, but 
I started like this is just so random Mm -hmm. and I don't know if I'll ever share it with the world but like before I even went on the first date with him Mm -hmm. was I started posting like little funny snippets to my to my close friends Mm. um, about him about going on a date with a random man from my Instagram DMs like I just decided to like do like I think I saw some of these yeah yeah you definitely you definitely did at some point Um, I, it didn't go on for very long past like the third date because then I was yeah. like, all right. Yeah. I, I honestly thought it was gonna be nothing. Like, I thought it was just yeah. gonna be, like, a funny little story of like me going yeah, yeah. With, like a random a boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just funny because I like documented the first couple of dates, not like me actually on the date. Like I wasn't like vlogging me on the date, but just like the like the before, like what I was wearing and the after, mm-hmm. like recap of the dates, which is like kind of funny. But then, um, yeah, I think about us like a month into knowing each other that's when I, I already started posting on Instagram because like mm. yes it can go if it goes south it goes south people will start know. back over yeah exactly but like I don't know it's not the end of the world and I like I just don't like hiding things from the world so it's like if there's like a big thing that's happening in my life like I need to mm-hmm. share it, you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I didn't like hiding that aspect because it was like a very big aspect at that point in my life I mean it still is mm-hmm. and in terms of like him being on the internet and stuff like I don't think he really cares at all. Like, you don't want me to post, like, ugly pictures of him and stuff. But, mm-hmm. like, if it's, like, funny, I'm going to post it and he doesn't care at all. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Which is nice. You know? I can kind of, like, like it's not, like, a, I don't have to teeter around. But I'm, like, I'm also not posting all the time. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I kind of have a good read of what I can post and what I'm not posting. Yeah. But you guys are, like, also a fish of fish now. So, yeah. like, yeah. That's yeah, like, like we've already we've met each other's families. Like it's yeah. How many siblings does he have? He has three. Where does he fall? He's the he's like where I am. He's the second oldest, but he has a twin. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I mean things are going well. He's currently sitting in my other room, probably listening to me talk about him. So and he's gonna love him. Hey! He'll listen to this whole thing eventually in private, probably by himself. Really? Does he is he a stand on the pod? When this segment probably, <laughs> uh, well, he'll have to listen to it on on two times speed. Yeah, I know. To get to the point where things get juicy. Yeah, exactly. topical. You might want to hear about the poo stories, the poo in the bag. Like, I mean, the whole episode's been wildly entertaining. If you're fast forwarding through any of it, you, that's a crime. You're lost. You're yeah, lost. Yeah, you're lost. Like, so there's tell. a lot of like very good information here that you need to take with you. Yeah, your- and we get real. We we laugh. We cry. We cry <laughs> twice. In fact. <laughs> um yeah i mean i don't i don't want to take up any more of your time we've already been on here for like two hours i know you have you have plans tonight so and you've scheduled me into your day so i don't want to we're not we're not the london pub but hey if you come to new york you (laughs) let me know what day you're here i will block out the next three days because who knows how many pints we'll have unless i quit drinking yeah exactly which extend that yeah yeah we could do mocktails we could do mocktails. We could just be sugared up. Yeah. Ready to fucking go. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have anything else. I mean, I have a lot of other things that we could talk about, but I don't even yeah. want to go down the path because it's getting late for you. I see the, the sun setting over there. I know it's getting a little darker. It was so warm in New York today, which I'm like, kind of not, I don't rate it. I'm like, come on. It's, it's like late October. Why does it feel like literally July? Yeah. I feel like it'll it's happen too hot. Soon. Yeah, You're I mean, it, what it did get cold. Yeah, I am. Okay, are you excited about that? Yeah, I'm excited. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Again, I'm not in the shape I'd like to be. I'm sorry. And it's you had, you had gonna, a busy last couple months. Yeah, it's just gonna. It's just gonna be a fun thing. It's a beautiful day, and it's like you know, it's a wonderful event. But I'm. I'm not gonna go. You know, I'm gonna do my standard pace, ideally under four hours. But we'll see. All right. Where can people uh, follow you? Follow along your journey. Well, if you really want the real content, follow my burner, Daddy Snorlax. I feel like anyone that's listening to this podcast needs to follow. Yeah, seriously. If you've enjoyed this, then you're going to like Daddy Snorlax. Um, My Instagram is LydiaLou12, and my main TikTok is LydiaLou121. And keep keep your eye out for my podcast, hopefully being released in uh, the beginning of 2024. Love that. I cannot wait to listen. To close out the episode, can we get a good old peace out, fellas? (laughs) Peace out, fellas. Thank you all so much for listening to another phenomenal episode with Lydia. She's just the best. You know, we could probably talk for three hours, but I had to cut it off. She had things to do, um, better things to do than being on my podcast. Now Ian is in my space. He's all in my business and he wants to help me record the outro. And he's trying to uh, make me give him a script of what to say, but... Ian, if you never wing it, you'll never learn how to fly. So what do you have to say? Peace out, fella. (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.